doesn't say Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that just can't catch a break. But yes, we are 0-3. There's no other way of getting uh, around it. Uh, but here we are, here to provide the balm to your wounds, the therapy to the mind addled, and perhaps even some sexy times to anyone and everyone that needs it. My name is Paul Hirons, and with me in the sewing room, it's a bit gloomy, the nights are drawing in, you might hear some wind rustling uh, near the window, maybe even some rain. Um, but yes, we're here in the sewing room to discuss last night's loss to the Buffalo Bills, and with me to chew all the fat is the good to my good game, the didn't heed to my do well, the water gay to my day, and the cuddly to my toy, it's Nathan Palmer, everybody. Good evening, Paul, and in respect of the fact that this is episode 55 of Cincinnati, yes. a very famous Bengals player by the name of Vontez Burfik that it encompasses, that's the tone I want this podcast to take, it's a, an aggressive, raucous tone, like we've had a tight loss there against the Bills. And it basically sums up, like Fontes himself sums up my emotions last night because I was absolutely distraught at the end there. I really was. And I, how, really, I, I really you, felt that was an emotional drainer. Uh, you know, uh, number 55 now is Leroy Reynolds, so maybe we should doff <laughs> our cap to Leroy instead of Go the on, Leroy. departed. Leroy Reynolds. Ankle turner, perfect. Um, <laughs> Did you see him throwing punches last night in that Raiders, Leroy, uh, Raiders Leroy. game? No, no, perfect. No. He threw a couple of uh, Scott Gibbery tweeted he, a couple <laughs> oh, of uh, whole haymakers in the huddle, shall we say? A tiger doesn't change his stripes, Nathan. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. So I often ask you this, but how does how does an emotional uh, defeat uh, manifest emotion manifest itself in Nathan Palmer? I, I I am. I'm not just saying this. I get so passionate in the games. At the yes. end, I was so gutted because I thought you know fourteen nothing down, and it was I've, I think a lot of UK. Um, viewers will sympathise with NFL Game Pass going down for about the first half. Yeah, well, I I, I was driving back from uh, the Midlands down to London, and I got back about ten minutes after kickoff. Rushed upstairs, fired up the laptop, thinking, "Come on, here we yeah, go, yeah, Bengals yeah. victory today." And then Game Pass promptly didn't work for about twenty minutes. At least, yeah, yeah, no, same here. And so I was scrabbling around for streams and trying to do anything. But like, once we got it, oh, it's like, I don't know, man. I just, I think, zero three. Feels like a long way back, doesn't it? It I know, does. I know, it does. and I think you know we we'll delve into this in more detail on the podcast. But it just felt like a real punch in the gut last night, you know, because we we've had one game where we really over exceeded expectations, one where we massively underachieved, and this one was sort of the slap bang in between. But you, it doesn't matter. At a certain point, the NFL's a brutal league. You've got to just take your chances. I mean, did they have the chances though? Last they night? were ahead in the fourth quarter. But that, so that's a big chance. Well, it is, but they didn't have any chances. Well, they did actually. That final drive. We'll get to that a bit later. But, but they had. Uh, but the thing is, that this is and again. We'll, I don't want to just randomly start dissecting the game. But like you normally do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, they the Bills got the ball. We're up. We just hit them for seventeen unanswered points. You give the Bills the ball. Two plays later, they're at the twenty yard line. Joey, that Dawson Knox is rolling people over, you know what I mean? Knocking them all over the gap. With his head and his With helmet. With his head and his helmet and grabbing face masks. Again, but we'll, we'll get to we'll that. We'll get to that. Later. We're just like, yeah. We How did you, what did you feel? Because, I mean, it's enough about what I feel. What did you yeah, feel? I, was, I, was, I was exasperated by the, the first half performance. 
Uh, and then suddenly it was like, okay, this is we're only fourteen points down here. Mm. We've still got half a half to worse. play. It could have been a lot worse. And uh, as bad as the offense was, the defense was just about keeping us in it yeah, in that yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they weren't perfect by any by no. any stretch, you know what I mean? But they were trying, um, and they did get a few breaks, and they 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 made a few just a, enough plays to keep the score down. But I just couldn't believe that first half performance. Mm. And again, we've got lots of correspondence later uh, from uh, lovely listeners. So thank you very much for that. Um, that we will discuss why why that might have happened, why they came out so disorganised, so uh, undisciplined, so sloppy, so out of sync and rhythm on offence. Mm. It was just a real shock, I thought. And But then I thought, OK, let's just uh, take a deep breath here. And this is not me just being overly positive, but this is just me having watched the NFL for 30 years. You know, it is it is a marathon, not a sprint, to, to use that horrid cliche. Yeah. And they were, however bad they played, you know, we weren't used to Marvin's teams making too many adjustments at halftime, but obviously they got a kick in the backside. Yeah. And also they made some serious adjustments because they came out in that second half. And again, reminiscent of the Seattle game, unfortunately, for five-sixths of that half, we were the better team. Yeah, 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 And as you say, we scored 17 unanswered points. And I thought, here we go. You know, yeah, this yeah. is great. Well, do- you know, this they deserve a lot of praise for digging deep. And for however bad they played, putting it together to to put on a performance in that second half and be competitive. And not just that, but lead the game. Yeah, yeah. But there are so many talking points. Um which we'll get to in a second. Just to let you know, we do have a special guest tonight. It is, um, who have we got? Yes, the lovely, excellent, uh, dashing John Breach from CBS Sports. He'll be um, joining us a little bit later. And if you recognise the surname, you wouldn't be wrong. Let's just put it that way. So, but let's get back to the game. By the way, did you get my little reference to the uh, the theme this week to your introduction? No, I didn't actually. I Did was, you not? I, I was just, I was, I was sort of like, my brain was sort of tw- uh, like turning in the background. Generation like, game? No. no I used to watch Generation game. You well. did? There's, well, I was going to say, there's nothing like an obscure British game show reference to uh, confuse our Go American back to it. listeners. Well, well, okay. The good to my good game. So it'd be good guy, good guy. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, didn't he do well? Is, is this um, what's what it, a gay Forsyth? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I say there's nothing like an obscure British uh, game really show obscure, reference. Right? There'd be a couple of English people to, to confuse our American, <laughs> not only confuse our American listeners, but uh, our British. Anyway, we, we shouldn't uh, dwell on the general. Did you watch that though? A little bit. I was a bit young for me. Were you? Yeah. 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 No, I did a bit. Favorite. I can Saturday. imagine you watching it for some reason. Oh yeah, because of my age, probably. <laughs> um, favorite Saturday night game show. Play cards right, catchphrase. Oh, oh, I don't know. We're really alienated. All our American listeners have, have switched off now, game. so let's get back to the game. Um, yeah, I've, I'm fuming still. Okay. Do yeah. you know what I love about this podcast? Is you know oh. how Joe Goodbury and the Locked On guys they do it the night of, and yes. I, I would literally be at this podcast would be almost like you couldn't put it. It'd out. just be heavily It'd be me being like swearing and going mad because I, I I like it's so nice the 24 hour like a nice <laughs> sleep. Yeah. You get a sleep, sleep on it, and you wake up and you you know you have a, you go to work and you have a bit more clarity. Yes. When I get here on a Monday, I just think, you know what's hard. And this is me getting a little bit like philosophical here. Oh dear. Is it's hard to know what this 
how you're grading this team because oh, well, it's, it's not an it, it it's not but it feels a bit like a Cliff Kingsbury Arizona Cardinals rookie quarterback starting from scratch let's see what happens it's a rebuild but then it also feels a bit like and as Paul Dania said when he came on this podcast where well, he's like well, I think this team could win 10 games and he you know he, he thought it was a very good core of players and you know in the past we, you know last season we were 5 and 2 with the exact same team do you know I mean? the exact same team really last year with five and two people rubbing their hands together? We were top of the division, you know. So it, it's what? Who is this team? What are you grading them on? Are you grading them on a team that probably should go to the playoffs? Because because Zach Taylor's young, right? And the age thing is the key thing there. If you brought Rex Ryan in, right? You've gone out there and said we're getting Rex Ryan in. You, the expectations would be so much higher because it's all we've had Marvin for all these years. We've been largely competitive, even the seasons we've been. Sh- in the last couple of years we were still like seven and nine and there was you know it wasn't complete like two three win seasons so you bring Rex Ryan in I think your expectations are higher just Rex Ryan though well no, I'm just no, talking about I know what you mean you're I, using a, a veteran head right? coach yes. that's won yeah. games that's you know been in the playoffs you know someone like that Jim Hart anyone like that's been around the league a bit your expectations are higher so with Taylor he's a younger head coach but then you're giving him a situation that's not a rebuild. He's almost taking on a team that I don't know what this team is. I don't know. I genuinely couldn't tell. And you. I think that's why we've got to be a bit patient. Because but what are, you, are it, we? Are we a rebuild project? Are we a try and win now project? Or are we just horribly stuck in between, not really going? I think. I think. I think. Uh, I think yeah, I do think we're a bit of both, you know. And we've got to realise that. And I also think, uh, as I said at the start of the start of the season, um, you know, Zach is picking up picking up largely the same players as last year mm. so there's a lot of pressure on him to kind of get the best out of them mm. and we've often said you know I've often said at least that this you know it's been a Jekyll and Hyde season so far yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it, you know first week was Jekyll second week was Hyde first half was Jekyll absolutely yeah sorry the first half was Hyde and second half was Jekyll yesterday yeah, literally so it's just kind of like you can see I can just I just tried to take a step back and you know there are some winnable, more winnable games coming up I think let's not to say we're going to win them but you know this team needs a win and you can see that they're trying just to kind of wrestle with themselves, it is that Jekyll and Hyde, almost schizophrenic nature. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're wrestling with themselves to try and figure out what they are, who they are, and I think I think that's why Taylor needs some patience from us. However, I completely agree. Frustrating it is because it is frustrating, and you know what? I have no idea why they came out so undisciplined. You'd expect it the other way around for them to come out hot, yeah, they maybe and playing steam, well, yeah. and then lose steam in the second half. But it was the opposite way around. So. Questions have got to be asked about why this team came out so cold yesterday. Why this t- this offense was so awful. Yeah. Like, I think they had. I think it they was didn't like have a first down. Sort of very end of the second yards, half. Fifty yards, total yards yeah, in the first half. Dal- I think literally we didn't have a first down until the very end of the second half. Dalton at was the very end of the second quarter. Dalton was poor. Yeah. The offensive line couldn't block for Toffee. Well, we know that anyway, but particularly yeah, yeah, yeah. so in the first. The first, you know, we had twelve men on a twelve men on a field. We had other stupid penalties, fumbles, fumbles. The whole drop Drops, catches. Yeah. The whole, you know, everything was out there last yeah, night. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think the Bengals really like you know. 
the the one thing that and I don't want to dwell on this for long. We'll sum it up in a minute. I'll say my piece, you say yours. There were some horrible refereeing decisions, and I hate late. I really don't get in the business of that because I think it's six of one, half a dozen of the other most of the time. But I do think we haven't got the rub of the green this year. There were some bad calls in that game. I mean, the, the Alden Tate holding okay. call. Yeah, let's go the, through them real quick. The 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 ones that I noticed particularly. Uh, Dawson Knox leading with his helmet three times. Yeah. Including that last 49-yard catch and run. Yeah. He sort of lowered his helmet and biffed whoever it was that was trying to tackle him. Um, The safety right at the end, which Zach Taylor was going like mad on the sideline. And for such a cool, calm, collected guy, you know that really rankled with him. What about like running into the end zone, not giving himself up? Yes, that's right. I I don't understand that. When they were like, oh, he clearly gave himself up. The geezer fell on the floor, got up, ran in his own end zone. He didn't wave a flag or do any, or like wave a flag, but but, put his hand up in the air and say, I'm down. And like, you know, someone touched him. He literally got straight up. Ran with the ball into his end zone. Absolutely. Um, and you mentioned the... The whistle the, didn't go, I don't think. The hold and Auden uh, Tate on uh, Darius Phillips' touchdown return, which is amazing. Uh, the Nick Vigil fumble recovery where they Oh, that deemed, was the worst. That was the worst. Th- where they deemed his foot was out of bounds when he when he got control of the football. Yeah. Um, I also noticed a blatant hold on Andrew Brown when he was just about to, ta- yeah, yeah, yeah. to sack Josh Allen. And that's the thing. We were, in, certainly in the second half and a little bit in the first <clears> half, we were getting to Josh Allen. Yeah, We were yeah. getting some, you know, Gino was monstrous last night. Carlo, He's slippery, and, um, Josh Allen, isn't he? And, and uh, Andrew Brown, although it, I thought he had a mixed night yeah. last night, but he flashed and he was getting some pressure. Uh, Dunlap was in his face. Dunlap looked good last night, yeah. Um, you know, and... <laughs> But, I mean, quite rightly, Josh Allen was getting some plaudits for being so slippery. Some of the plays that he made were, were fantastic. But there was one, you know, blatant, blatant hold where uh, yeah. their offensive lineman literally just grabbed hold of Andrew Brown, held him back and threw him to the ground. Mm. Um, there were some horrible calls last night. They really, absolutely. It really didn't go away. But it's interesting you talk about Josh Allen and just segueing ever so slightly. You look at the mobility of these young quarterbacks in the league now and there's, I think there's a lot of stats flying around about how this is the youngest batch of quarterbacks ever to start in the league. And you look at Kyler Murray, you look at Daniel Jones, you look at um, Josh Allen, you know, all these young quarterbacks Backs, you know, running around. I mean, they've just got Lamar such Jackson mobility. Lamar night. Jackson, obviously, brilliant. yeah. Pat, obviously, uh, well, not throwing it last night. Pat, but Pat Mahomes is so mobile. Quarterback Russell Wilson, he's yeah. not necessarily as young anymore. But no. that is that is the theme, isn't it? Of like those quarterbacks. And, and I yet, don't think Josh Allen looked great last night. To be no, honest, no. he missed a couple of passes. That one, I think he had bad um, interception. Bad, very the, bad the interception. Gave the momentum to the Bengals. And he had a shot at the end of the very end of the first half where one of his guys wide open. You know, we let him get clean open. The back just way overthrew him. I I don't, I don't think he was fantastic. Well, no, that's that's the frustrating thing because I don't think the Bills were fantastic. No, they did enough to win. I think they were a better team. Let's say they they were, yeah, but they weren't that much better. I don't think. And you know, our offensive woes that that's saying something. In the the way that offense played in the first half was just extraordinarily bad, like jaw-droppingly bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so interesting. And this is the other thing about the Bengals being 0-3. So you look at the opposition, the opposition are 8-1 that we've played. The Seahawks, the 49ers and the Bills, which in one way makes you feel better. But I still think looking at those teams, there's no stars on that Bills team last night. You've got 30, like every respect to Frank Gore, absolute first bat Hall of Fame, incredible player. He's 36 years old leading that rushing attack against us. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And even on the... 
you know, they're sort of star players. Like John Brown of the Ravens last year is not bad, speedy guy. It, it, you know, Josh Allen is only in his second year. It, it wasn't great last year. It's still not a talented team. I wouldn't like to see us come up against, a, you know, an LA Rams. Patriots at the moment. Or the Patriots. Oh, the Rams. You know. Funny you should mention that. <laughs> it's only less yeah. about a month's I'll, time. I'll, well, we've got to sharpen up by then, you know. I know. But. Uh, Andy Dalton, I thought, was, was average last night. I think he's a bit poor last night, wasn't he? Um, I mean, in this, I mean, looked really bad in the first half, but then the whole offense did yeah. really. Um, but second half, he looked sharper. He was hitting those quick slants. Two instances, though, I want to talk about, and this is always the knock on Dalton. Now he has made big clutch throws before; we've seen it, and he can do it. But last night he was off. Mm. One throw down the sideline to John Ross, that was half a yard to a yard I, overthrown. I think Ross should have caught it. Though. I don't. I think Ross should have caught it. Okay. I think he had two I hands. It was a, a just a touch. It wasn't a good throw. I give. You, I completely t- agree with you, but I think a good receiver catches that ball. I think Ross should have had it. Uh, see, I, I agree with you. I it was dis- a bad throw. I disagree. I thought it was overthrown ever so slightly, and also he sort of led him to the sideline as well instead of maybe leading yeah, him inside. Because yeah, yeah. if he'd have caught that ball and he had room to run, it would have been six quite mm. easily. And then the very last throw of the Bengals' game, uh, offensive game. Yeah, I agree with that. That throw to Auden Tate, it was... High and wide. High and behind him. Yeah. And I thought Auden Tate was really good last night. Yeah, so did I. And it's so good to see, because I think we, as Bengals fans, we all knew he had something. He was mm. he, not the quickest... Um, but he's got great hands and obviously an enormous catching radius. Yeah, yeah. And he's starting to show. He's getting the catches that AJ Green would get, I think. Yeah, He's yeah. that sort of physically, he's that tall guy. Without um, the speed. He's like Without green. the speed. But yeah. you can tell he's worked really hard on his yeah, route running yeah. in the off-season. He has improved. And I thought he looked really good last night. Yeah, so hats agree. off to him. Completely agree. You, do, you love a player who will go away and work at his Seven game. Seven-round pick that's getting on the and field com- and making absolutely. plays. Absolutely. And come, come back and kind of... I think I think he is better than Damien Willis, to be honest with yeah, you, yeah, yeah. in terms of what the Bengals need right now. Uh you never know. AJ might be back next week. It might be a bit too early. Well, I, I, see, I think that it was interesting at the start of the broadcast last night of what Game Pass did work. They were saying they think it's going to be six, seven weeks. I don't know where they got that from. Right. Okay. But that that would tend to say that he wouldn't be back for another. Then two why or three didn't weeks. they put it on? Put him on IR or the pup list? Then it's right. weird. I mean, pup like eight games. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I think just very quickly on the AJ subject, I said at the start of the year, I said I think if we're without AJ. I think we're significantly worse off. And I think I think it shows. I think to have a player, for a team that's on the brink, and we said we don't know what this team is. Is it a rebuild? Is it a team that can compete? To not have, and I, w- I would probably argue Gino would, you know, tilt it a bit. He's probably the best player on the team, talent-wise, yeah, yeah, across I agree. the league. I agree. It'd be him or Gino. And I think you can't afford not to have that. No, I, I d- think we'd be one and two I if do agree with you, but you look at, certainly the second half, let's talk about the second half, because the fight in the second half was tremendous. Yeah. And, you know, that last drive was unfortunate, but I think it's mitigated by the fact that that defence was on the field pretty much oh, yeah, all I of agree, that first half. There's a couple of instances where Gino was trying to chase down Josh, Josh Allen. He looked knackered, and yet he finished... One of those plays. He didn't mm. get the sack, but he hustled. He kept going after him, and he stopped him for like a three, four-yard game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot fault that guy. You no, they, the defense was on the field a long time last but night. But he looked knackered. And yeah. then Dunlap as well, who's normally fantastic in pursuit. Yeah. One of our best pursuit defenders. He's quick, Dunlap. Quick. He, uh, you know, towards, I think it might have been that last Buffalo drive, 
he he looked i mean he he was trying his hardest yeah. he was running but he he just looked absolutely knackered yeah. so i don't i'm not going to give too much blame to the defense on that last drive because they were absolutely exhausted yeah i give i, I where this was won a loss was that first half oh undoubtedly it was just a shock you can't play like that on the road and expect to Come away with a win, you know. But as I said, there were positives to come out in that game. I thought Tyler Boyd in that second half once again showed himself to be a, go- a go-to guy, a really clutch guy. Mm. Someone on Twitter um, um, made a comparison to DJ Hushmizada. Uh, and yeah, I thought, I do you know what? what? In I terms of the reliability. The reliability, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that kind of you know go-to guy. He's not the flash guy. He's not the... Burner that will get yep. the big, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, John Ross had a poor game last night. There's no getting away Shocking, from it. Yeah, um, he's so polarized, isn't he? Well, he's just so up and down and inconsistent. And this is the thing that they need to sort out consistency. Yeah, they just need, I'm gonna sound like Marvin here, but I, I, I just, <laughs> they just need to keep hammering on that door because mm. I think once they get one win, that will give everyone such a lift. And I'm not saying that we're gonna go to the playoffs or anything like that. But there is a chance if we get a win or two or three, you know, uh, success breeds confidence. Yeah, you kind of feel like John Ross is one of those players. That if he went to the Patriots, he'd have seventeen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns. Well, I touchdowns. think that's a bit unfair. I don't know with John Ross. I think it, it's obviously just a mental thing with with him. It's, yeah, it's just it's just absolute. I don't think I've ever seen, and I've been an NFL fan. I can't rival your thirty, but I can. <laughs> it must be nearly fifteen years now. I've been yeah. a Bengals fan. And from I don't think I've ever seen a more polarizing, just schizophrenic player than John Ross. That one week can go off and have two touchdowns, two hundred yards, and another week can have a fumble, a drop, an arguable second drop, and just be you know all over the place. I mean, even that game he had the big play; it's one drop, one touchdown. He doesn't do fifteen-yard catches. No, it's just. 60-yard burners, and, and touchdowns. You know it's I mean, just maybe it's he's crazy. just destined to be a, a bit part player, you know what I mean? A player that you use for those big plays, yeah, you know, yeah. knowing that he will... You look at last year, he scored seven touchdowns out yeah, of nowhere, yeah, yeah. really, out of nothing. He had a nightmare. Oh, he's, he's third in the league for yards. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's extraordinary. I mean, I, I was thrilled that he started the season so well. I, I just hope that he can... But, you know... His performance was symptomatic of the whole offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in in that first half, and it was just so. Why have they come out cold like that? Well, How what? have they come out cold? I mean, on the defense in that first half, that you know they they kept us in it, but there, there were some strange things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anna Rumi was dropping Andrew Billings into coverage. Well, of course you would, though. Well, Billings, look, look is, at, Billings is rapid. Look at the athleticism of the man. Do you reckon you're quicker than Billings? I no. know we are there. <laughs> well, yes, I think I am. Um, you know, he was rushing two. Yeah. And not, you know. And they, was, they, they picked up the first down. He dropped nine into coverage. Yeah. And you give up a passing play. You know, it was, yeah. it, there were some weird things going on, but that seemed to be eliminated in the second half. Do you know on that two man rush play, yeah. the hilarity of that is Gino got the pressure on him. Well, exactly. Gino just rolled out right and was straight in his face, and then you. Alan was still able to step in front of him that and complete how the good pass. Gino is really, yeah, you, yeah, I know, yeah. But there was a few things I liked. Uh, you know, as I say, Andrew Brown had an up and down day, but he looked good in places. Yeah, 
I liked the fact that Darius Phillips and Tony McRae contributed on defence. Phillips had an outstanding game. Absolutely. He had, good, he had, good a, he had a clear touchdown, that return absolutely. taken off of him. And the, that interception completely changed the game. Yeah, absolutely. If, if, that, if Josh Allen throws that ball out of bounds, the Bills probably win it by 10, by 12, by 14. And I think that lit a fire under the Bengals there. It really did. I did. Uh, I agree. Sorry. And uh, I, I just really enjoyed seeing these players that, you know, obviously because of injuries, you know, Josh Tupu was out there. Jermaine Pratt was out there more, although mm. you're still not quite noticing him. Yeah. Uh, at least he's getting some snaps and some experience. Um, do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's such a hard one to get your head around because... What do you make w- of the Russian attack last night? Um, well, again, first half non-existent. Um, I thought second half they'd obviously knuckled down, and you know there was a couple of runs from Mixon that was just like whoa, that was yeah, that was yeah. fantastic. Um, so you know he got sixty one yards in the end at four point one yards a lick. So a lick, you know what I mean? That's not awful, but when you view it, when you break it, you know if if someone wants to look at that and think oh sixty one yards, four point one yards a carry, that's not bad. That's pretty good actually. Mm. Um, but when you sort of look at the game closely. You know, most of those yards came in the, if not all of them, came in the second half. Yeah. So he actually did have a very good second half. Do, do you know what's interesting about the run game? It's not the run game in itself that is the factor. It's more just a fact of setting up the play action or whether you. Well, can yeah, do it because or not. in that first half there was nothing. There was yeah. no play action. None of the misdirection that we were. And there's been kind nothing this whole year. And I think the, the stat that stands out to me, doing my sort of, you know, because I'm a professional and I do my research for the pod now. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> so yeah. at the moment with a 31. First best running rushing attack in the NFL. Yeah, that makes sense. And you just can't do. You know, if your offense is based heavily on play action, yeah, you can't do it because there's no running game. You but know, this is the stat that I want to throw. Oh, at it's, you. It's, it's and there's stat, two stats here that I think Go are on. so important. And Marvin Lewis, bless him, used to always just hammer the running game. He's so important. This is what it is: the team's twenty eighth to thirty second in rushing. So the bottom five teams in rushing. Their combined record is 0 and 14, which is staggering. That not one team a story in those thing. bottom five have won a game. Guess who the um, team that finished 32nd in rushing last year were? The Arizona Cardinals, who started with the first overall pick in the NFL. So that tells you you can't run the ball. You're not going to go very far. No, uh, but at least again, it showed signs of improvement. And then in the second half, and then they started to get the play action going yeah. again. And then they moving the ball, so it is. It all works together, and it has to for for an offense like Zach Taylor's. It has to all work together. You've got to get that run game going. It's got to be. I think what killed us last night, what really frustrated me last night, was we get that ball down there at the end, right? And you got two plays just before the interception. It's first and ten. Taylor runs it out the middle, we get nothing. And then he, he persists on second and long. And I think a few people, I know Joe Goodbury's been quite vocal about it, but I do agree. Second and long, he, he insists on running it to try and make it third and manageable. Which, yeah. I, if you could get four or five, I'd say, okay, fine, like third and five's manageable. But and then we got one. Mm. And then it's like on third and nine, you just got all your momentum here. And then you're, you know what I mean? Then you're forced into throwing mm. it. It's just. No, I just I, think that the passing game all years looked good. It's looked good. It, it, it has been bad at times, but overall, Andy Dalton's second in the league in yards. I mean, but again, that doesn't tell the full story. It doesn't. I but I think that's where you know the Bengals have had the momentum. It's like I know you have got to get that run game going, and you can't abandon it because then it's just like giving up. But yeah. it ain't working. 
And I know Mixon picked up a few yards here and there last night, but through three games, you know, it was better last night, but it couldn't have been really any worse. It had to go somewhere. No, but, you know... Gio's been a non-factor. And I well, think after it, paying him that extension, you kind of... I'd like to see him be involved more in the passing game at least. Yeah, yeah. No, so that's, that's a good point. That's the key thing I mean, there me was, there was a better. lovely screen to mix in oh, second. Oh, brilliant at the end. Great Absolutely. block by Trey Absolutely. Hopkins on the... On yeah, the yeah, he yeah. sort of pulled off and, and, and kind of went on the outside and blocked someone... And Mixon was away for 30-odd yards. That was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's those kind of players where you think, God, we can do this. We can execute. We can stop yeah. the penalties. We can, you know, play in sync and with rhythm. And when we do, I think we look good. Yeah. It's just, I just think this inconsistency is killing us at the moment. And um, I'm not quite sure how you sort it out, but I, th- I guess it's just repetition, repetition, and repetition in practice. You know, you just got to keep doing them. Why? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe they're just not good enough. Maybe there are players on that team that just aren't good yeah, enough, not mentally sharp enough to handle what they're, what they're supposed to do. I know that we've got injuries across the offensive line. That doesn't help. But, you know, maybe there's a case in, to, to make that we've got a handful of good players. That's kind of about it. Mm. But I did see some really encouraging things yesterday. And I'm not I'm not going to go overboard. But I still think, you know, this is a long season and I still think there's a chance, especially when you look at the division as well. Baltimore two and one. The Browns, hilariously, what are they? One and two. One and two. Pittsburgh and us. Oh and three. I agree with you. You know, it's a long season and there might be a chance to I mean, I don't think we were. I don't think we're quite good enough again this year, but certainly to lay some foundations for next year. I see. I, I, I you know, I've seen people already, like, and I, I agree with you. And that's the right. I'm, I was so pissed off last night. But you look at it, AFC North, zero and four this week. Yeah, you, you two games out of first place in the AFC North, and that's how you got to view it. So some people on Twitter are talking about, you know, potentially just like almost giving up on the season, looking at the players and how we can evaluate. Well, let me stop like you there because we do have a question in our correspondences yeah, yeah. about this. So I tell you what, let's bring in our special guest, uh, and uh, we'll talk about that afterwards. Cincinnati. And now joining me on the line is NFL writer for CBS Sport. He's also a contributor to the excellent Pick 6 podcast. It's uh, John Breach. John, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me, man. You know, I was just in London a couple months ago, so this was when you emailed me. There was no way I could turn you down. I had to come on. <laughs> we didn't even know that, man. I wish we would have known. There, was a, there, would, there would have been a beer with your name on it, man, honestly. Yeah, and I should have given you guys a heads up. I was only there for uh, 24 hours. I was... I was Went over to Europe for the World Cup, the Women's World Cup. Oh, wow. Uh, flew into London, hung out there for a day, and then headed to Paris. Fantastic. Um, that sounds like an amazing trip. How was the World Cup? Because it kind of caught fire here, um, the Women's World Cup, uh, when actually the sport hadn't, you know, it would be kind of on the fringes of, of taking hold here. But it really, the World Cup really kicked it on uh no pun intended, um, to kind of, you know, really capture the imagination. So it must have been fantastic to actually go to the games, right? Yeah, I feel like uh, England, the England women's team made a little run there. Um, I don't remember if it was the quarterfinals, semifinals, but I do remember them getting pretty far. And I think uh, I remember watching their game somewhere. But yeah, that was, I mean, it was just a good time all around. It's nice to see that, uh, I feel like interest in women's sports. My sister played 
soccer in college, so she's a huge women's soccer fan. Uh, and so that's basically why I went. But it was nice to see that there's worldwide interest in that now. For sure. But I know that's not the type of football you called me to talk about. No, and we won't obviously go over uh, the result that sent the English, the England Lionesses home because... Uh, Anyway, yes, we won't talk about that. Uh, but yes, let's talk about uh, the real kind of football, I guess, uh, or at least the football that w- we got you on, uh, Cincinnati, to talk about. Uh, and if people don't know, I mean, they might guess from your surname, but you do have a connection to the Bengals. Would you care to elaborate on that for us? Yes, my dad used to play for the Bengals. He played for them from 1980 to 1992, so he was there for 13 seasons. Uh, the Bengals, as most people may or may not know, went to two Super Bowls in the 1980s, after the 1981 season and after the 1988 season. Uh, he was on both of those teams, so a lot of my childhood was growing up around the Bengals and going to practices and uh, kind of watching that team close up because uh, my dad played till I was about... 11 or 12 years old. So I do have a lot of memories of what went on during that time. Now, uh, if if no one has guessed, uh, your dad is, of course, the legendary Jim Breach, who I believe is still the Bengals' all-time leading scorer, um, the kicker who was just rock-solid and Mr. Reliable during his time, his decade or so, uh, in Cincinnati. But you mentioned uh, you mentioned growing up with the Bengals. That I mean, it was the glory days when it came to the team. I guess N- you know, no era kind of or no decade really matched has matched it because let's face it, the nineties happened after the the eighties, which sounds like an obvious thing to say. But <laughs> in terms of foot, you know, football terms, it was night and day. The eighties were fantastic. The nineties. Were, were were like Mordor compared to the 1980s. So um, tell us about growing up uh, in and around the team because you were, as you say, you probably you probably remember the 88-89 Super Bowl team better than you do uh, the early 80s team, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the first Super Bowl team, I was actually born, that Super Bowl was, played on January 20th, 1982, and I was born January 13th. So I was born like (laughs) literally a week before the game. The game was being played in Detroit, and my mom couldn't even go because she had just had a baby, and they're they're like, it's not healthy because it was going to be like negative 10 degrees in Detroit. And uh, so my mom did not even get to go to the first Super Bowl the Bengals went to because of me. So still feel a little guilty about that. But that team... The whole 80s was interesting, and I think this is how a lot of people ended up being Bengals fans, because there aren't a lot of Bengals fans out there, so that's why, you know, you're telling me there's a nice contingent in England, and that's awesome to hear, because I've lived in California, I've lived in Atlanta, Georgia, and so living in these different cities, you just rarely see Bengals fans, but when I do meet them, a lot of the times they jumped on the bandwagon, it's because of those Super Bowl teams in the 80s, and the thing is, they kind of, they, they almost reinvented football. They're the team, when you see no huddle offenses now and you see a spread attack, the Bengals were really the first NFL team to do that back with the second Super Bowl team when Sam Leish was the coach, Boomer Esiason was the quarterback. And the thing is, that second Super Bowl team, you have a lot of guys who are still notable and famous today. You know, I just said Boomer, he's still TV and radio. He's still big time. He works for CBS. Uh, Chris Collinsworth, obviously, he was a wide receiver on both Super Bowl teams, and you know now he's the uh, uh, 
analyst on NBC with Al Michaels for Sunday Night Football, and you know Anthony Munoz, the only Bengals player that's in the Hall of Fame. So there are a lot of big names from that team, and it was just a really uh, the '80s kind of made the Bengals what they are today, and that's why they they were able to survive the the Mordor years of the '90s. Um, absolutely, and that's exactly why I started. Well, not exactly, but I started supporting them in '86 kind of giving my age away here but um you know as a teenager and I just loved you know when I turned on the TV I saw these incredible helmets that were unlike anything else in the league and you had this dashing left-handed southpaw quarterback chucking it all over the field <laughs> it was like wow this is this is my team this is brilliant um but I want to know what was it like kind of did your dad take you uh, kind of to practices were you there you know in Miami at the Super Bowl yeah, the uh, the first when Sam Weish got hired in 1984, he was had like a really family friendly policy, and he would let the players bring their kids to practice on the Saturdays before home games. That was usually just a walkthrough, so it wasn't anything big. And most of the players didn't have kids because most of the players are early 20s, maybe mid to late 20s, and then you have players like my dad who was in his mid 30s with five or six kids and the other guy's like, Oh my God, there's too many kids running around. Uh, so it was always cool to be able to, to do that. And just kind of, you know, when I'm around watching these NFL teams, that's part of the reason it, it's kind of crazy for me to think that I'm still watching the NFL for a living and, and having a job in that because that's kind of what I've been doing my whole life. Um, but yeah, so we would get to go to practices on the Saturdays before home games, I did go down to the Super Bowl in Miami, which was still one of the, that's one of my most vivid memories as a kid was being at that game and literally crying for like three hours after Joe Montana hit J John Taylor for that 10 yard touchdown pass to win the game. It's still, still a dark moment in family history because my dad had just kicked a field goal with three minutes and 16 seconds left in that game to put right. the Bengals up, uh, 16-13, and so, you know, he had a great game. He went three for three on field goals, scored 10 of the Bengals, 16 points. And so there was a shot he could have been the MVP of the game if Joe Montana and John Taylor don't hook up for that touchdown. So right, yeah, that so. was one of the – just that whole season was a pretty wild experience. And really, you know, after that year, it was – that's that, that season was the root of kind of how I became a football fan for my entire life. Amazing. So, I mean, where did you watch the game? Were you down? Were you in the stands in the bleachers somewhere uh, in Joe Robbery Stadium? Yes, I was at the stadium. I don't remember exactly where I was because I was so. I think I was six or seven. Right. I think right, I was right. seven. Uh, so I was pretty young. But yeah, we were there. I have five brothers and sisters, so there's six kids total. But we all didn't go. It was my mom and three of my brothers and sisters. So it's four kids plus my mom, and I'm sure they put us somewhere where. You know, fans can't trash talk because the thing about being <laughs> the the child of a kicker is like if they miss a field goal or if they miss an extra point or something, all of a sudden fans just start cussing up a storm like, oh, that guy sucks. Jim Breach is the worst. He blows. And so, like, when you're a young kid and you're hearing all these drunk dudes talk <laughs> yeah. trash about your dad, it's, it's a little weird. Uh, but, you know, it comes with the territory of being related to a kicker. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, it's not the most glamorous uh, job on the team or position, if you want to call it that, on the team. But it's I think we're seeing right now, today, in the 21st century, in 2019, how valuable kickers are. And there's a huge debate about 
the Bengals, our own kicker at the moment, Randy Bullock, and 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 whether he is is up to scratch or not. But that we could have a separate conversation about that at the moment. Um, so you grew up as a kicker's son, and you grew up around this team. What? Who were the real characters? Can you tell us any stories about? Uh, any memories that you have about kind of hanging around the team? Who were, were any particular players kind of particularly cool to kids and and looked out for them or anything like that? Um, well, w- let me jump back to Randy Bullock real quick because I'm okay. going to say on him that you know he has got off to a rough start. And I remember, I feel like fans have been uncomfortable with him ever since. I think it was the 2017 season, right before Christmas, when he missed a field goal against the Texans, kind of yeah. in a clutch situation. And obviously, he struggled a little bit this year. He's three of five, I think. So sixty yeah, percent right. of his kicks isn't great. But the thing is, you look at all the trouble the other teams are having with kickers. If you get rid of Randy Bullock, it's not like there's someone out there you can just go sign. There's no guy that's going to come in here and hit every single field goal. So kicker's such a dicey situation. I think that if he struggles for the next two or three weeks, then maybe you look at making a change. But I think for now, they're okay at the kicker spot. Um, but any chance of getting your dad out of retirement, perhaps? Oh man, my dad. I, my dad wouldn't last like three weeks. He's in his sixties, and the thing is, when you kick for a long time, it's like playing golf for a long time. The thing that goes first is your back. Right. right, I, right. I'm not even sure he could make it through a kicking motion right now. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, okay. So yeah, but I mean, yeah. And before we talk about the NFL today, uh, you know, uh, any particular memories that stand out for you about characters or situ- funny situations when you were hanging out with, with the team? Yeah, I mean, there was, I remember, you know, I was just telling you about how we would go to practice, and, and one of the things, so the Bengals had these laundry carts that they would put all their dirty laundry in, and the carts had wheels so right. that it'd be easy for the training staff and the equipment guys to push the dirty laundry to the 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 dryer, the washer and dryer, so sure. they could get all the clothes washed, and so after practice, Boomer Esiason would put me and my brother in it, and we're just, you know, we're like... <laughs> five years old and seven years old and he would just push us around the entire facility and uh, you know like going crazy and and when i look back on it i'm thinking my god what if this guy would have like injured himself or like slipped in hurt his elbow pushing some kids around and and, like how that would have been such a story and and would have been covered and would have been crazy uh and then i also think like god i let this guy put me in this laundry cart with all this dirty laundry like how did i not get sick and die with all these germs (laughs) <laughs> uh, so yeah, Boomer was a lot of fun. Icky Woods was a lot of fun. I'm sure a lot of people remember his name, even of though course. he's only he only played for a few years. But the Icky Shake, you know, he would once that became big, he would gladly show any kid that we'd be in the locker room, like Icky, do the Icky Shuffle, <laughs> and then he would do the Icky Shuffle and show us how to do the Icky Shuffle. So and he literally he would have done it all day. You would think that uh, you know maybe you get tired of something like that, but no, Icky Woods. Any minute of any day, if you ask him to do the icky shuffle, uh, he he would do it, and then he'd watch you do it, and then he'd do it again. Um, so yeah, there there were a lot of good guys in that locker room. Lee Johnson, the punter, was one of my favorite people in that locker room. So yeah, right. icky, Boomer size, and Lee Johnson. Cool man. And do you ever bump into Boomer and sort of remind him of those moments? Because uh, obviously you're both sort of CBS colleagues. Do you ever bump into each other? in the corridors uh, at CBS at all? Yeah, the thing is, I have only run into... So Boomer works out of... He lives in New York. He's got a radio show there and obviously does CBS stuff. 
And I would I work remotely because I do online stuff for CBSSports.com. Right. So sure. I, w- I live in Nashville, and I've actually only run into Boomer once, and that was at the Super Bowl two years ago. And I, you know, I just went up and and talked to him a little bit and talked about the good old days and reminisced for a few minutes. But that's about it. So it's not like we get to regularly run into each other. Well, it would be fun if we did, though. Absolutely, um, fantastic memories, John. But uh, you know, you are a, a, a very uh, well-known and uh, very skilled NFL writer. I think it's fair to say, uh, as say, you contribute to the fantastic uh, Pick Six podcast with, with Will Brinson. And if uh, actually, if people want to follow uh, John on Twitter, you can get him at John Breach. That's nice and easy to remember. Um, but yeah, John, we're a couple of uh, weeks into the NFL, and uh, what are you noticing in terms of trends? Who have you been impressed with so far? Obviously, the Bengals have been a very Jekyll and Hyde uh, team. We're hoping it's going to be more Jekyll than Hyde going forward. But uh, in a wider NFL sense, who is who has caught your eye so far, and what are the trends that you're kind of noticing? Uh, well, one trend is that the AFC South is a dumpster fire. I mean, we, uh, if anybody, <laughs> we're talking on a Friday, and, uh, you know, this is coming off me just watching this Texans or uh, Titans Jaguars game on Thursday night. And, and to watch, who knows, that division, someone might win that division with like a 7 and 9 or 8 and 8 record because mm-hmm. it's so bad. The Titans look like they don't know what they're doing on offense. Jalen Ramsey doesn't even want to play for Jacksonville anymore. So it, it's just a total circus. Obviously, Andrew Luck retired. Deshaun Watson's playing behind the worst offensive line in football in Houston, so that whole division's been a little bit crazy. I think there um, might be a competition think... for the worst line in football at Houston, to be honest. But we'll, we'll, we'll you know, that's that's another story. But yeah, sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the two teams that have probably, or maybe even, there's probably a couple more teams. So I would say the 49ers, watching the 49ers play, you know, because we all, in week one, I didn't really feel like they played well. They, they won by two touchdowns, but they also got two pick sixes off of Jameis Winston. So it felt like Jameis kind of handed the game to them. So it was kind of right. hard to tell how good or bad they were. And then just watching what they did to Cincinnati, they were just so methodical with everything they did. Their game plan was perfect. Kyle Shanahan was designing these plays where the receivers were just getting open all over the place. And yeah, Cincinnati's defense is, you know, it was bad last season. Now it looks bad again. Um, but if, if they can do that against the Steelers, then that's a team that I think that is flying a little bit under the radar that could be in the playoff hunt later in the season. The, the Packers slowly getting better every week. The Cowboys look unstoppable if i had to pick an nfc super bowl team right now that i definitely didn't pick before the season it would probably be the cowboys i thought the eagles would win that division and they still can uh but the cowboys look tough and you know they played the dolphins on sunday and by the time people listen to this the cowboys will probably have won that game like 49 to 10 um (laughs) so i really like the cowboys and then afc is a little dicier because i don't think there's really any dark horses you have the chiefs and the patriots and then maybe the Ravens sneak in there, but you know, right now it just seems like the Chiefs and the Patriots, and then everyone else. And do you? Uh, thanks for bringing up the Forty Niners game again, uh, John. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> do you, Do you hold out any hope for the Bengals? As I say, uh, we're recording this on the Friday, so we don't know what's going to happen against the Bills. We're hoping for a pretty big reaction, but you never know. It they just might not be there. Um, do you hold out any hope for the Bengals this year? Not necessarily for the playoffs, but in terms of being a, 
you know, improving significantly from last year? This is going to sound crazy, but the Bengals were bad last year. Their defense was bad last year. You know, if they had any defense at all last season, they might have gone 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. They gave up more yardage than any other team in the NFL, and it was just like, God, you know, this isn't... And, and you know, Andy Dalton is part of the season. So it was every... All the chips fell against them last year, and they still intense. So when I, when I look at this year's team, it was like, well, God, they should have beaten the Seahawks. They absolutely blew that game, but then they got blown out by the 49ers. So they probably... The Seahawks game, they looked better than they probably are, but the 49ers game, they looked... I don't think they're as bad as they look. So it's kind of somewhere in between. And the thing is, if you look at their schedule, not just this Bills game, but after that, they play the Steelers, who obviously aren't going to have Ben Roethlisberger. They play the Cardinals. That's a very winnable game because it's in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, if they could just sneak this one on Buffalo and everybody will know whether they won or lost by the time they hear this. And those are two very winnable games in week four and week five. And I think that, this, you look at the AFC North, there's no reason they can't at least be in the wild card hunt. I mean, the Ravens are playing the Chiefs in week three. Great. If the Ravens were to lose that, all of a sudden they're two and one. And if the Bengals win Sunday, they're only a game out of first place. So, you know, and, and like I was saying with the Patriots and the Chiefs being the high class of the AFC, it feels like the two wild card spots in this conference will probably be up for grabs, just completely up for grabs. So, as bad as the Bengals looked on Sunday, I am not going to write them off yet because, you know, not just the Steelers and Cardinals, but they still have games against the Raiders. They have games against the Jets. They have games against the Dolphins. So they have a lot of very winnable games on their schedule. I knew I'd like you, John. That's a, that's a good positive note to end things on. Um, we could talk forever, John, but thank you so much for coming on. Give our regards to your dad and... Uh, uh, listeners, do follow John at John Breach and read his excellent words for CBS Sports uh, and listen to the Pick 6 podcast as well. Uh, so, John, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully, we'd love to for you to come on again later on this season if you're up for that. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, Paul. Okay, mate. All the best. Have a good day. Cincinnati. Well, there we go. That was brilliant. That was John Breach from CBS Sports, a son of Jim. And uh, we're very happy to have him on the show. And it was great to hear some of his memories from from going to, to practice with his dad and Boomer, you know, throwing me around the laundry room and all sorts. Um, so, uh, and I, 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 as John said, you know, this team, we still don't quite know what we've got. Um, but let's go to, uh, I should say, uh, you should follow John, John on Twitter, at uh, John Breach on the twittles and um the twittles and you can listen to him on the cbs podcast pick six podcast and uh, we do recommend that it's very good listen indeed let's get to our own correspondences shall we and you can get hold of us of course on twitter at who underscore uk and on facebook uh just simply bengals uk uh we've got a lot to get through so let's let's get at them uh jamie at trequat beastie's gone on a five tweet rant i saw this earlier uh a little bit of tank talk about it's insulting to the team really and they played hard if entirely inept through three games not entirely inept i don't think um there's wins in this team and although playoffs are a distant pipe dream you can't attract players to a team that is giving up look to this coming off season think any top players are coming to the dolphins for their own free will hell no so if it looks like it we're bad 
which it will in all probability be, we need to give players a reason to come here. Yesterday's second half fight back shows that there's life somewhere. We nurture that life, incubate it, help it grow as best we can, give our young places chances, young players chances to shine, give our best players chances to excel. And if we're 6-10 and ten at the end of the year, at least we have something. At least we have a thing to say, all is not lost. You can come to Cincinnati and and bring the good times back. Tanking will only solve you a couple of problems. Having pride in yourselves and investing smartly and showing the good of the team will solve matters more profoundly. I'm not a blame the refs guy, so I won't blame refs. But one day, I hope we get a game where we look at the refereeing performance and think, yeah, the other guys got screwed. Yeah. Uh, a lot to unpack there, but um, yeah, I mean... Uh, Yes, there is a lot of tanking about. But again, it's a long season. And I know what people are going to say. Well, what's the point if we just finish 8-8? We're in the same mediocre hole that we always are or have been for the last you know, three, four seasons. Mm. Uh, why not blow it up? Why not trade AJ? Why not trade Gino? Why not get rid of all your... Strip all your assets, get loads of draft picks and be, you know, start again. There is... I mean, that is an argument. I, th- I think it's horrible talk. And I won't go on. But I think it's horrible. But. No, but I, I think it's horrible. I think it's a real disservice to being a fan. I, you know, a lot of people say we want to go out there and we want to, you know, get these great draft picks in and stuff. We're two places out first, and you might you can call like I'm not a home. I'm fairly realistic. We're two places out first. That division's not great. There's been some promise there. Let's support the team now. You know, let's not turn into sort of you know apprentice GMs and just be focusing <laughs> on the draft and you know who can we get if we finish fifth or fourth or third. Let's just focus focus on now that's why we're fans we enjoy the game we enjoy these players that we watch week in week out we've had chances we could be two and one you know a couple of plays either way we're two and one I think get behind this team I'm not confident I think we might win only win three or four games now my my definitely my you know opinion of this team's probably gone down but we're fans let's stay on board let's try and win let's try Whoa. and win I might take my clothes off and start dancing no but let's try and win now no. do you know what I mean like, I can't stand this talk of like oh if we get top five there's an Oregon quarterback who might be good it's like let's you know people going into evaluating mode where we're going to be thinking about oh let's take positives and individual positives so, no let's go out hammer the Steelers at Heinz Field and get oh, to one yeah. and three but let's focus on that not all this bollocks about oh well you know who could we draft in the third round out of Purdue like who cares let's think about that in February do you know what I mean though I do know because people get too into the draft I, I'm saying it they get too into it and it's I, a really exciting part of the game but let's focus on the team and let's win some games yeah it's it's kind of it's born out of frustration and it is I mean there are ways to to, te- to rebuild your team and one of them is being a bit savvy in in uh, roster management and I think the argument is that we're not rost- savvy enough in roster management or, or aggressive enough. Completely and one agree. of those ways you can do it is being a bit more ruthless. You can say to Andy Dolan at the end of this year, sorry, Andy, you're a good quarterback, but you're not making those clutch throws yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah, I hear that. We can get out of, we can get out of the contract. Yeah. But if, as a fan, you've got to answer this question. Who else are you going to get? Yeah. Who else is better than Dalton to yep. come in? And actually... P. You know, Hirons. P. Hirons. I don't want to put my name forward just yet. At the University of Bedfordshire. Exactly, right. <laughs> his his tangibles and intangibles are just off the charts, apparently. Absolutely. I've heard great things about him. Um, anyway, yes, I, I was dreaming about starting for the Bengals <laughs> at quarterback there. 
But yeah, I mean, one of those ways is you've got to be a bit more ruthless. And I think that's a fair criticism. I completely... And I do think, you know, you've got to have a serious look at AJ if, his I agree. Fit, if he doesn't prove his fitness. I, I agree. He's an asset that, you know... The criticism of the team again, or another criticism of the team, is that they hold on to players for too long. Yeah, yeah. you know there is that criticism, but I don't. I just don't see the point in doing things now in week three. No, absolutely. It's it's kind of like, come on, man! It's a long season. No, we I have agree. a chance. As I, I you absolutely said. agree. We have a chance. We've got to stick with Zach and be patient because you can see that. There are. I'm not saying they're a good team at the moment. I'm saying they're an 0-3 team at the moment. But there's enough evidence in those three games to suggest that if they can figure out how to win a game, mm. then another one might follow. Because I think this team is talented in just about enough to get, you know, six, seven, even eight wins. And perhaps if they get on a roll, sport is a funny thing, Brian. And um, <laughs> at the end of the day, you, do you know what I mean? Is it, you look. I remember. I remember a season a couple of three years ago. It might have been a bit longer, uh, maybe five years ago. The Chiefs started off like zero and six, or uh, you know, something horrendous, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they went on to win eight games or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because once they'd won I think one, that's Broncos. No, the Chiefs. It was, was definitely it Chiefs? anyway. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We've seen it a few. Yeah, one hundred percent. Equally, it's difficult for an zero and three team because you know you're teetering on the edge of that cliff. Confidence. If they don't win any, you know, if they lose the next two, for if they okay, here's a scenario: if they lose against Pittsburgh, which yep. is possible, yeah, the bookies are saying it's probable, yeah. If they lose at home to Arizona, yeah, then there's trouble. Yeah, I agree. You know, so there's that. You know, that is uh, that is a variable among a yeah, few. Yeah, yeah. But if they went into Pittsburgh and put a complete game together, rolled them over. You know, in a big Monday night game, yeah, I completely agree. one of the things that didn't happen during the Marvin Lewis yeah, era yeah, yeah, was yeah, that yeah. they did not play well in primetime games, bar a few. Uh, they didn't show up at all and got it just humiliated themselves, embarrassed themselves yep. often. Now, if they can get rid of that and go into Heinz Field and put on a performance and steal a win, just yep. get over that line. I don't care how Randy Bullock can cheat, shank one. <laughs> I'd take it right now, frankly. <laughs> Mate, I would as well. Um, if he can shank one from 70 yards uh, <laughs> off his knee or his left testicle, I'd be... With a 50-mile-an-hour tailwind. Ra- Randy. Randy Bullock is not called Bullock for nothing. Have you seen the size of his knackers? He, he can swing one of those bad boys and smack it through from 70 yards. Um if we like can do conkers. that, then suddenly... <laughs> like cannibals, mate. Um, okay, this is taking an unexpected turn. As, as Bullock's going to knock it from 70, you're saying? You take whatever I, no, comes I'm, I'm obviously not saying Andy Bullock's <laughs> going... For, all right, from 25 yards, right? <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, I should just say thank you to Duncan Price, who wrote, uh, who is at Dastardly Duncan, for an excellent piece uh, on uh, Randy Bullock not the most praiseworthy piece on Randy Bullock but a thought provoking piece on Randy Bullock on our blog and you can see that on our Twitter feed but yeah you know what I don't want to I'm not throwing the towel yet because I want to see this team develop and I want to see that you can see them struggling against mental softness if that's if that's a phrase you can see them still committing penalties but again I can't remember a penalty in the second half yesterday Really? No, I agree with they that. They cleaned yeah, up yeah, their yeah. acts. If they can do that for a full game, then who knows? I'm, I'm not saying playoffs. I'm saying no, I agree a respectable I agree season. You, and I think with with a new coaching staff that is that is still finding their own way, 
we've just got to be a bit patient. And I ain't looking at the draft until next February. No, I, f- I completely agree with you. But and I, would, I would like them to be, just one more thing, I would like them to be more aggressive in roster management. Yeah, And if so that means I. looking at AJ, yeah. shipping AJ yeah. for a second or a third, I don't think yeah. you'll get a first for him now. No, but, you won't. Um, you know, we've got to do it. And if Andy Dalton has an okay year, but is deemed not good enough, then you move on from him. Yeah. You say thanks for this you know, amazing eight, nine years. Well, a good eight, nine years. Um, you know, they have to be more aggressive and us fans have got to be more ruthless in the way. I, I agree we- with that. I, I agree with the aggressive roster management. I, I'd love them to go out and free agency, make some bold moves and stuff. And I completely agree with you. If AJ Green, you know, it gets to that sort of trade deadline and we're not in the running at all and we know we're not, we're well out of it, you've got you got to pick out. Because I don't think we've... Tyler Boyd playing as well as he has and you're giving him that deal and John Ross is coming on. He's coming on. Yeah. You know, like we said, he's enigmatic, but he's coming on. I don't think you can afford to pay AJ. I even think with, you know, the fact that he's a bit injury prone and we're saying that, I don't even think that comes into it. I just don't think aging receivers are that great of a bet sometimes. I don't know? think I don't think they're good. But let's get behind the team. Yeah, That's what, well, I think what both of us and what Jamie's saying in that field. Yeah, we've let's got... get behind this team. We're in it. We're still in it. It's a long shot. We're in it. Uh, and of course, we've got a Bengals tailgate, Bengals yeah. UK tailgate going. We've got a is, London game coming we've got up. A London game. There's lots to be, lots to enjoy. And also, we've, we've got, got our the, nude calendar. We've got a nude calendar that may or may not see the light of day. <laughs> um, we might actually do one for charity. I don't know. But um, did I really say that? It's rumour. You're starting okay. a rumour. I like well, it. Right, we've got a lot of correspondence. Yeah, and you can, uh, thanks again for everyone. It was Jamie who was t- uh, at the helm for our Bengals UK tailgate so, this week. So thanks to him and thanks to everyone who interacted uh, with Jamie. Uh, we've got loads more correspondence to get through, though. Uh, Leanne at LK underscore Fitzpatrick. Hello, Leanne. Discussion point. Ignoring all our issues with OL, DL and even secondary, is there something to be said about teams where the run defence is weak? that on the practice field that they are unable to help the OL firm up for a matchup. Yes, we've faced three great run defences. Good changes made at half-time, resulting in the average runs for Mixon actually going up. Small positives are still positives after all. Secondary needs a look at. Kirkpatrick doesn't seem to want to step up, let alone try to strip a ball. <sighs> we have played some good defences. I think Leanne makes a really good point. Yeah. They are Seattle 49ers and the Bills, yeah. all very yeah, good defences. Defense. They'll all be top-half defences when the curtain goes down. Yeah, no, I agree. But I think you can widen this out. And I, if I, I'm sorry if I'm misunderstanding this, Leanne, but to me that is asking the question, why can you not transfer stuff from the trans, uh, like practice field mm. to the actual field itself? And uh, that was one of my main criticisms yesterday. Why do... And we mentioned it before earlier on why did we just come out and you know Zach is preaching that we've got to get rid of these penalties and I'm sure they're working really hard on it and yet they still come out and do it now is that a coaching issue or is that just a a, a mental mental thing with the players you know um I don't know. I don't know. It's a tricky Early one. days still, though, isn't it? Yeah, as I say, they've got to keep hammering these players, uh, you know, and they've got to just mould them into shape and you hope that finally the penny will drop. Yeah. And if they don't, do you know what? Get rid of them, get someone else in. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Ross at Dalton to AJ. When uh, when we're going to get when we're going to get a bit of luck our way? Can't deny the bit of fight they had, but it was it was a bit too late. We were lucky to only be down 14 points, to be honest. Officially, can't be asked with Kirkpatrick anymore either. Give him multiple chances, he's just not very good and should move on. Now, I'm going to defend Dre a little bit. I agree, he's not like top tier, but he's not 
bottom tier. Generally, he does a decent job, but it, he's one of those players that the fans really get on his back. And I think it's because the things, when he does get caught, it's very noticeable. Yeah. It can either be a crucial pass interference, it can be a crucial blown coverage for a touchdown. Uh, but I would say for 60, 70%, well, 70% of the time, he's a pretty okay cornerback. Yeah, I think sometimes as well you forget he was a first-round pick. I think people always have high expectations on the first-round picks. Yes, yeah. Um, um, I'm, yeah. Well, we've got him for a while. We, I think we, also so. the other thing, that this is not this is no knock on him personally, but he was involved in that whole, who do you pick up, Zeitler, or do you, you, know, you extend yeah, him? Or yeah, yeah, and I think Trey. maybe there's a bit of resentment uh, left I think people that. now look back at that and say, yeah. you know, the smart move would have been to go with Zeitler. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. Uh, Matt Moon, at Matt Moon. Uh, hello, Matt. Uh, feel a lot better this week compared to last week. Need to find a way to establish the run game early, though, or this scheme struggles to make sense. Good point. Good point, absolutely. Cuz uh, at Curran13. Uh, first time caller, I think. Hello, Cuz. I've heard Curran first. Have you? Before. Oh, I think okay. so. I if we can find a way to beat Pittsburgh on Monday, I'll forget these three weeks ever happened. Amen. What to a that. time to be alive. Amen and if to we, that. And if we don't, well, Monday's positive will be that there are only 12 more games to endure until we can look ahead to 2020. What a time to be alive. Keep keep at it, cuz, and keep with us. Um, yeah, I mean... Got to do Pittsburgh. Got to do Pittsburgh. It'd be amazing. Got to smash them up. They're bad as well. They are bad. I have not seen any of the... I'm going to watch a few Pittsburgh games this week just to see what I, the I think is Mike on. Tomlin's getting a load of flack and people are saying there's good talent there and stuff. He's a bad team. John Connor's not great. That offensive line's good. Mason Rudolph's I don't think is great. Okay. Vance McDonald's bang average. I think... The one thing I'll say for the Steelers, I think going out and get Minka Fitzpatrick for a first-round pick great deal. I don't. I think he's a great player. Fitzpatrick's a good leader. He's a good player. He's young. It's that you've just gone and... Got almost guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, look at him yesterday. He comes up a fight. He gets a pick. He's straight yeah. involved. No, that's like, fair enough. And that, and that was a weakness of the team. And that's yeah. a, that's a, a great example of a team recognizing a weakness. Absolutely. And going out there and sort and not it being old Ben's injured for the year. Like let's well, take and the, try and get that's a good the pick. Uh, that's the flip side to this argument that this was a bad idea because Ben's out for the year. There's a chance that he might retire. Yep. Uh, and they need that high first round pick if they're going to have a bad season. Can't think like that though. Well, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid handle. Here's a positive half-time adjustments that actually worked. Here's another positive. We're going to beat the Steelers next week. Well. Go on, Lord. That's going to be a good game, though, isn't it? Monday night, Monday night. Who's staying up for Strap it? Strap in. Right, uh, Warrior at Warrior Nate, 99. We need a new QB1. So many holes at linebacker and OL, but we need to build around a new QB. If Seahawks QB or Bills QB was our starting QB, he's mentioned the word QB about nine times in that sentence. Uh, um, we are two and one, probably big wins too. I think it's too simplistic. Uh, I think Bol- uh, Dalton is an above average quarterback. Uh, I, 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 he's a bit old fashioned now, Dalton, in a weird way. He is a bit, but. I, I think he's slap bang average. Yeah. I think he's playing with a really bad O-line that's making yeah. him look bad. He's without his number one wide receiver. I don't think Mixon's done him a huge amount of favours yet. And I think I think he could be. He might be an above average. I think he's in a bad situation. I feel a bit yeah. bad. I'm sorry for him. But I, I am starting to get to the point where I think at the end of this year, 
just through it, it just a bit like with Marvin it just needs a change time. yeah it needs a change and I don't think that's an indication of him being a bad quarterback I think a lot of people are quite harsh on him he, he might I, I don't think a lot of people would say this line is any better than the second or third or worst line in the league that he's sat behind yeah. no I agree there, there, again there are there are reasons for his average play this year but he's looked quite good and yeah. actually, you know, uh, Nate mentions the other, I would say, bigger needs than quarterback at the moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, Dalton is a is a, a an experienced, functioning NFL quarterback that knows how to win games. Yeah. Um, but the offensive line is just a train wreck. And yes, we get uh, Jonah Williams back. I don't, I don't think we're going to get Cordy Glenn back for a while. Yeah, it's really concerning, isn't it? Did you read that article by Paul there? Uh, that was an excellent article. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it just gives you an insight of what happens when someone gets concussed. Uh, and it's scary. Yeah, it is. Most, most players come back in a week or two. Cordy's mm. been out for over a month. And you've got to fear for, for him. And actually, if he does come back, it's like, what are you doing, mate? Well, you've yeah. Already, you've already like earned loads of money. You know, well, it's also if he gets another one. That's exactly, done, isn't exactly. it? Really, I mean, okay. Scary. Well, we hope he comes back and, you know, he's not affected by it. But, you know, it's it's worrying, isn't it? Anyway, Warrior at Warrior Nate. No, we've had him. Sorry, Nate. Uh, Martin Caladine at Ugly Game. In year one, with new coaches and huge injuries, the only measure of success for me is, does it look like we have a plan that can help us win eight or nine games next season? And despite the losses, I think we do. The D needs work and players, but you can already visualise the offence. See, I don't. I, I, I think. I think the initial point is bang on. He's like, do you think we can win eight, nine games this year? I completely agree with that. I just don't know what this team is. Well, I, th- I think because I, I think it's going to be a rebuild. I think well, it's going to be a blow up and rebuild I in do, the off season. I d- well, okay. I think um, I do know what this team is trying to be, but it's just it's 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 a struggle to get to that point. And whether they get to that point this season, I've no idea. Do, do you think? And Zach Taylor will know this. He will. He must do. He's the he's the head coach. Do you think next year in his mind he's envisioning Andy Dalton and AJ Green as his premier sort of QBR WR one? Do you think he's looking at them two as his his two? I, who knows? I'm not a mind reader. But do you think that's what he thinks, or do you think he's in the back of his I mind? Think, I think I think he knows AJ Green is a fantastic player. I think he, I think Andy Dalton is his type of quarterback. Mm. Um, I think that he comes from quite an aggressive organisation in terms of roster management, like the Rams. I think that if these players don't perform, as we mentioned before, it's it's still you know ninety percent Marvin's players, really. Yeah, it is. Um, I think that. If he's not happy the way season this season gone, and the players can't pick up the things that he wants to teach them, I think he will be bold enough to go to Duke Tobin and say, "Sorry, but this is now Defcon One. I'm blowing this mother up." This might be the best quote. Yippee Kaye! <laughs> that might be your best quote on this podcast, son. There you go. Um, Killian at Malloy underscore double zero. I think we've shown glimpses of what we're capable of. Offense has looked good at times, and defense has given us some good stops. Now we've just got to get some consistency. We've shown what we can do. We just need to put it together for 60 minutes. 
just need some luck to go our way. Yeah, I agree. It was 100%, Killian, 100%. Martin Greer, uh, Martin Greer, 73, very pleased with the fighting spirit of the team in the second half. AJ Green can't come back quick enough. Loving the Bengals UK online tailgate. Let's beat the Steelers who day. Amen, Martin. And what a lovely... What a lovely message to finish things on. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who's uh, sent in messages. Again, we do this uh, because we want to interact with you guys. Because we uh, get paid a ton. We do. We have a secret... Uh, Thousands. A sugar daddy that pays us thousands. Five, five grand each a podcast. In, in fact, every Sunday we're flown <laughs> out there by fire jet to Cincinnati and we, me, we sit in Mike Brown's box. <laughs> every and, uh, um, The reason Paul started the Bengals UK tailgate was every tweet you send in, he gets a grand for it to get you. Mm. All these ideas, an evil That's genius right. That's right. behind the scenes pulling the strings. <sighs> I wish it were true. I wish it were true. <laughs> anyway, uh, any more business, Nathan? No, I don't think so. Should we talk so. about the Steelers? What are we gonna, how are we going to win that game? Oh, let me just have a look at my notes. Let me check I ain't missed anything. I've put these notes together that will work. You know, against my best judgment. Have you, now, that looks like... Have you written, like, boobs like you used no, to do on I've, a calculator? I've, I've got them on my Google Docs, mate. <laughs> what, your boobs on the calculator? Very quickly. Go on. I don't think the tight ends have impressed me as much as I would have thought. Well, I, I'm pleased Eifert's out there, an injury I'm free. I'm happy he's out there. I thought they'd maybe do a bit more than 100 yards between him and three games. No, no, it's well, all right. I don't know. It's all I don't, right. I don't but I'm just, I'm annoyed. I'm, I am, though, I'm, I'm, I'm desperately trying to pick myself up, like we were saying earlier. I'm, I'm really excited about this Steelers game. I think you'll never, this Steelers team we're going to face next Monday is the worst Steelers team we've played in 15, 20 years. It is. Wow. It's probably the worst team we've ever played. It might be one of the worst teams we've had, but yeah. we need to go in there and beat them. And every Bengals fan, I want to, in the UK, I want to see them staying up, screaming at their TV. I want that tailgate to happen. I don't care it's one in the morning. I'm, I'll be on it. I'll do it. I'm up for that, and we're going to roll them over. And we're going to get to one and three, and we're going to start making some noise. And then it's Arizona, and then we're going to be well, two you, and you three. Well, you do Arizona. That's what I mean. At home, you'd be the favourite. You bang them over, and you're two and three, and it's game on. Do you know what I mean? You might be second in the division. The hell, you might be first. So we've got at Steelers next week. Then it's the Bengals Cardinals. Yeah, uh, winnable game. Then it's at the Ravens. Again, it's winnable. It's hard, I'll give you that. The Ravens look all right. They look pretty good. And then uh, it's Bengals Jags. Yeah, you'd have the Jags. Uh, so so if we beat the Steelers, we're one and three. If we beat the Cardinals, two and three. Say we'll lose the Ravens. Yeah, two I'll and, give you that. Two and four. Beat the Jags, yeah, three and four. That Minshew, though, he's a bit of a naughty geezer, isn't he? I like him. Yeah, I do as bit well. Bit of a personality, isn't he? Uh, Rams, we could be three and five there, yeah, let's I face do. it. Yeah, yeah. Then home to the Ravens. Oof, three and six. Three and six. Uh, we're doing, oh, we're doing a revised <laughs> season. Um, Based on not, uh, like newfound knowledge. <laughs> so that's three and six. At the Raiders. Oh, we'll have them. Four and six. Home to the Steelers. Five yeah, and go on, six. we'll smash the Steelers. Home to the Jets, six yeah, and six. Six and six, so, mate. Do you know what I'm saying? My balls are swelling up if we're oh, six and six, Don't mate. say that they're because like, I can't They're like Randy Bullock's in. conquers. Oh, don't. They're actually don't. swollen. I don't want to end the, the programme <laughs> with an image of your... Six and six, El though. Testiculados. I, but, but listen, last year we were five and two. If you'd said then we were only going to win another two games, you'd have been like, no, don't be silly. Then we, play, we went to December... And then we, we're starting to get our advent calendar to get together. Who's the next game? Come on. 
Browns at Browns. Oh, mate. See, I think we could do seven them. Seven and six. I think we could do them. at home to the Patriots. No. No, seven and seven. Damn. Yeah. Then oh, away to the, we were on a roll there. Then away to the Dolphins. Yeah, well, you smash them. It's eight and seven. And then at home to the Browns. Nine mate, and nine and seven. There we go. Mate, you could be in with nine and seven. If the you Ravens slipped up. You could be human. Nine and seven gets you in the playoffs most years. Not yeah, all well, most Probably not this year, I don't think. Why? I don't know. You get the Bills. Chance. The Bills will be Depends good. Depends what the Ravens do. The Ravens look good. I think the Browns are ready to implode. They're one and two. Do you know what I mean? The Steelers are the, shit. Who have the Browns got next week? Um, they've got um, they've got the Ravens. Have they? Yeah. <sighs> a bit of cannibalisation in the division. taste. Cannibalisation. You need to your Browns to win. Home to the Get Ravens. the Browns to win. Homes, the, uh, the Ravens are at home against, and then they've got at the 49ers. Yeah, that's what <gasps> I mean. Brutal. Then at home to the Seahawks. Yeah, mate, it's rough. Then away to the Patriots. Yeah, that's what I mean. They could be absolutely knickknacked. Yeah, by the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So I'm getting excited now. I've fallen into that trap, haven't See, I? See, we've, uh, we've motivated ourselves here. Tonight. It's just the pendulous Ooh. nature of your testicles yeah. have, like, they- <laughs> hypnotised me <laughs> into some kind of weird reverie. <laughs> Anyway, let's not. Well, we're going to end. Uh, uh, <laughs> we're going to end this podcast, and the Bengals are going to go nine and seven. Exactly. Let's let's do that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, again, thank you so much for listening. Um, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, as per usual, we're on Twitter at Hooday underscore UK and on Facebook uh, at Bengals UK. Simple. So do get in touch. We'll be tweeting throughout the week. We've got some predictions coming up uh, on Thursday. We've got our tailgate. Deep into Monday night. Oh, I can't wait for it. And uh, and then I think we're going to be back next Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. To toast a Bengals victory. Mate, we're going to win. At Heinz Field. Oh, mate. All right. Well, uh, it's only for me. I'm buzzing I, off my nut now. All right, stop it. You're going to start dancing <laughs> on buzzing, the table. Mate. Stop it. How <laughs> how easy it for, is it for us to kind of switch them? You were angry when you came in. I was fuming when I came in. And now you're ready I'm to kind buzzing, of, you're mate. loved up. It's like I want to fight the Steelers. I want Mason Rudolph and me to fight each other right it's now. Like, it's like Ibiza in this. Everyone's loved up in this. In this. It's like... I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to stop now before this gets too out of hand. Arguably, it already has. Um, it, we say thank you to John Breach, and uh, and I'm going to say it's a who day from me. It's a who day from me. Come on, boys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.